Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hoop Ballers! Welcome back to another episode of Today in Sports Betting. It is Thursday evening, July 16th just around 7.30 p.m. on the East Coast in beautiful Miami, Florida. My name is Iris Silver, and I am joined today by and alongside with Dave Essler. Before we say hello to Dave, just want to say support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. They've got the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. That's why the Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Now, when I say this is the best in the biz, it really is. Why don't you go to manscaped.com right now and use our promo code HOOPBALL20, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0, to get 20% off and free shipping. Once again, go to manscaped.com, use the promo code HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off and free shipping. Dave, I, I'm, excited, I'm excited you're on the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a lot today about you know handicapping, overall strategies, maybe some uh, interesting futures bets going on with some golf, some baseball, some hockey potentially. Um, but yeah, Dave, he's been he's been doing this a long time, so I'm I'm glad to that we can you know try to soak up the knowledge like a sponge. So how how you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, we, you know, we've kind of been reduced to golf, uh, so I'm doing well because I think I have. Seven guys that shot under par this afternoon. I would like to have had Tony Finau. I don't, uh, but I got Gary Woodland, so we're going into the weekend fairly well. So, yeah, I'm doing good. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, Dave, before we get into kind of what's going on in the world in terms of sports coming back and the golf tournament that's going on, obviously, um, 
why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey into sports betting, how you got started and kind of where you are today and, and how you got there? Well, it's interesting that you brought that up and, and you and I, you and I talked off air about your journey and how you started betting when you were 15 ish. And, you know, then you, you kind of make all the rookie mistakes and then you make a few less and, and now you're a little older than that. And a little older and wiser. Yep. Yeah. And, and you, and you do pretty well. And, and, um, I guess I, I went the same route. I mean, you know, yes, I, I mean, I'm older than you, but I went the same route and I, I think everybody does. I mean, people that will tell you they didn't are, you know, I think they're full of crap, but you know, I started with the parlay cards in high school and, and, and just sort of took the step, the next step, the next step on getting over my head with a bookie when I was like 19. Yep. You know, we've all know, been playing, there playing all the heavy favorites. And, you know, I, I, I continue to sort of get better at it, if you will, as, as time went on and, and I got pretty good at it uh, when uh, I didn't even want to mention age. I got pretty good at it. Uh, and then uh, I sold my other businesses. So I had an unlimited amount of time. So then I got really good at it. And I've always told people that, you know, they, 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 they would think like, well, you know, Dave is a professional. Dave is this. And Dave walks on water. I'm going, no, dude, I put my shoes on the same way you do one at a time. I read the same information you do all day long. I just have more time to do it than you do. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and I have made more mistakes than you have because obviously, you know, it's like you're playing poker or, or whatever have you. You're going to make mistakes and, and that's okay. And in some ways, that's a good thing. But if you learn from them and, and move forward, I've always sort of told people that, well, it's not really about how many games you win. It's about how many you lose that were really foolish. And, and exactly. you know, eliminating the mistakes is far more important than making more good picks. So, you know, I just tell these people, hey, I'm no different than you. I went the same route as you. I just got maybe a little smarter, a little quicker, and have a lot more time. Right, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got started too. My grandparents would go, they go to the casino in LA and they'd come home and I used to visit them every Sunday. And I remember they used to bring home, or I used to come on Fridays actually before uh, the weekend started. And then I would come back on Sunday. Um, and on Fridays, they would have the parlay card, I guess the casino provided on the football games. Right. And uh, I don't know, I must have been 14, 15, I can't even remember, but uh, started just, I knew nothing. I, you know, I didn't know anything. And I was just like, Oh, grandma, I think this is a good pick. And I would just kind of fill out the parlay card because they don't know anything about sports. They're not sports people at all. They just brought it home. They had it. They, someone gave it to them or whatever. And, uh, kind of got hooked. I just, I got hooked. And I, obviously I have that, I guess in my blood a little bit because you know, my grandparents gamblers and, um, but you gotta, you know, obviously you gotta take uh, the right you got to have good, good management, good bankroll management. Cause I'll tell you, I've also gotten a little bit over my head um, at a young age. So no, a little bit wiser, a little bit smarter than from where I've started for sure. Um, but yeah, everyone, I feel like if you don't start like that, then I feel like you just don't, you don't have a chance. I, that's just my opinion. You got to kind of, kind of got to get knocked down and, and understand, get get around the block and understand where the pitfalls are, you know? And, and hopefully learn from those pitfalls. You know, as you were talking about the parlay cards, I was thinking back then, you know, like, you know, well, hell, I'm going to play 10 teams because it pays whatever 10 teams paid was a lot yep. of money. Yeah. Not, not, you know, because I'm really good at this. I, you know, I not, not, not even thinking I might lose one, which meaning I lose the bet. Yeah. You know, and, and now we sit here talking about the odds of that and, and even playing a three team parlay, you know, the odds of that. And, and, uh, but back then it was like, oh, I'm going to play. 
I'm going to play 10 of these cards. I'm going to put five bucks on all of them. I know the Cowboys are going to win, so I'm going to take them at every single one of them. And I'm going to just rotisserie the rest of them. And, 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 and I'm going to retire by 21, a millionaire sports yep. better. Okay. <laughs> That's the dream, okay. right? That's what we all think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, speaking of parlays, I have, I have a question for you. I mean, I give out on my Twitter pizza parlays, you know, a couple times a week. And, you know, the theory behind my pizza parlays are, listen, these are the five games I like the most. Let's throw a little bit of pizza money. Let's throw maybe a slice or two on there and try to turn it into a pizza pie, right? But I'm actually taking those games and I'm betting them individually. Obviously, some games I like more than others, and I'm putting a little bit more of my uh, bankroll or unit size on those Mm -hmm. uh, particular games. What are your overall thoughts now? I mean, it's 2020, so a lot has changed since the parlay cards back when obviously you were around and even when I was around growing up. So, I mean, what are your, what are your overall thoughts on parlays? Are you interested in them? Do you, do you play any of them? I mean, what are, give me your overall kind of thought process behind it. Well, my, my, my first answer to that is, you know, we don't need to get into the the statistical probability of hitting parlays. Well, we all know it's hard. That's for sure. But, but you know, it's, I look, I, I don't spend a lot of time on it because I don't have a lot of time to spend on it. It's almost like, Michelle, I can, if, I can, if, I can, if I can convey this in a way that will make people understand is there's only so many hours in a day. If I was to spend an hour a day looking for that, you know, eight or nine to one parlay payout or more, I would take very valuable time away from, you know, something solid, you know, the, the Pelicans and, and the, you know, magic or what have you. Uh, that I might have an angle in. With that said, I will do some parlays in football, but I almost do them. And, you know, you would get a hundred schools of thought on this. Um, and I'm sure some of my friends and other betters will shoot me for even saying this because they know well, it's not to do, but, you know, teach his own. I, I will do a lot of them. I'll take a couple of games early on a Sunday with the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. And again, it all depends on the odds. And, and I'll almost, you know, say I'll take two, two money line teams that I'm fairly certain are going to win. You know, I say, I think I'm certain, but it'd be naive to say certain. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll parlay them with, um, you know, the, the four to six point favorite on Sunday night or Monday night, knowing that if we win those first two, I then can go back and take the underdog with the points and try to kind of sort of middle it, if you will. Right. No, I, I totally get that. I you totally know, rather, get that. Rather than using uh, parlays as part of my repertoire to make money, the, the answer is no. And, and, and I used to do a fair bit of it, and I would put them on baseball, and I would generally do fairly well. And we hit a couple of them really early, and, and they were sizable payouts. But again, they were pizza bets. Like I would throw them off of my people, like, yeah, if you want to do this, because, you know, face it, we all have a little degenerate in us. Yeah, and, of course. And, and then when we hit a couple, and that was probably the worst thing that could have happened. Right. Because now then, you're like, oh, I, I'm the king of parlays. No, I I, no, 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 no. I, I know I'm not. Okay. <laughs> but, but they didn't know I'm not. They were like, oh, we got to keep doing that. Like, you know, you know, so I had to gradually phase out of that. But, you know, parlays are the rule. You know, they're, they're, they're negative EV and, uh, and no. But I think the, the degenerate part in me says, you know, let's just do this. Sort of just because, I mean, most of my parlays I do make, like those sort of football with the carryover ones, um, those are not something that I do. Uh, you know, that's, that's my degenerate thing because, you know, 
the Falcons may be playing the Panthers um, Sunday night, and I really don't care at all about the game, but I would like to have something on it. So, you know, let me put myself in a position where I can have the Falcons money line and the Panthers plus six and just watch it. Exactly. I do the same thing with football, actually. Uh, you know, and, and I don't know if my listeners understand the pizza parlay at this point, but basically what it is for me is I'll do research into a bunch of games that I'm interested in and I'll come up with four plays, right, for the day that I'm going to bet. Some being some are going to be five-unit plays, some are going to be three-unit plays, some might be two and some might be one. And I'll say these are this is my pizza parlay, meaning these are the games I really like. If you, I'm going to throw a little bit of pizza money on it, not a lot, not a lot of, of my overall bet or my overall bankroll at all. But yeah, it's not just the, a fun, not, the, not the supreme pizza. Yeah, not the supreme. No, no, no pepperoni, no yeah. jalapenos, nothing like that. But uh, you know, I'll throw a couple dollars on it and just have some fun with it. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking to attack those four games individually. But I know that they're you know, it's minus EV, but if I can be right, you know, some of the time, it's just for fun, you know, it's just the, exactly. my degenerate side. And, and I know, uh, you know, hopefully there's fellow degenerates out there listening that win some money from those. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I like doing the same thing you do. I take a couple early games in the NFL and then I'll, I'll parlay it with, uh, like a Sunday night or a Monday night game and have, have a little action on that game, even though I don't really like it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about, you know, we talked off air about your golf um, handicapping. You said, you know, you're, you believe that this is the type of thing that if you have some sort of the background of handicapping in general, you feel that you can handicap pretty much any sport if you have the time. You're telling me you have the time now. You're telling me you've made some picks for golf. Now, what were you looking for this weekend, this week and weekend going into uh, the Memorial, uh, it's, you know, obviously the second of a back-to-back first time since 1956 playing on the same course in the PGA tour. Um, you know, obviously Morikawa won last week and this week he shoots four over in the first round. Um, any, any different strategies you were implementing this weekend going into looking at this? I mean, I, I know, uh, you have your own thought process on golf and I'd love to hear it. Well, this week was a little different, obviously, because they, you know, back to back and back to back at Mirafield, um, but the rough is a little bit longer, the greens are a lot faster, and you know, I, you, I don't think you can you can compare apples to apples. You know, the PGA had said before they even started last week that they wanted eight different pin placements in in eight different days, so it is a different course, and you can see that. You know, I believe today. Uh, I think was uh, Tony Fino was minus five, and uh, there are probably only about a dozen guys under par. Whereas last week, you know, I, I think minus two was the cut line. So it's it's an entirely different course. So you know, I looked at this as all right. Let's you know, and, and I look at this and this is this is not unrelated to other sports at all uh, because I know people some people don't care about golf, but you know, think of it this way. You know, and, and I'm sure you've talked about it, um, and if you haven't, I know you will. You know, don't do the instinctive thing. I mean, you know, for example, Colin Morikawa, you know, okay, well, he won last week, so, you know, we, we expect him to at least be T10 this week. Well, that's Recency exactly, bias, recency ex- bias. Exactly, recency bias. Um, and, and, you know, we're just not going to do that. 
and and thank you for recency bias. I was I was trying to search for that word. But I yeah, knew what you were talking about. I know uh, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and um, golf is no different. You know, uh, there's value on certain players, and there's not on others. Just like there are in football teams and in basketball teams. Just that recency bias. I mean, you look at, you know, the Patriots in their in their heyday, and and uh, you know they're they're beating everybody by uh, three or four scores, covering the number by two touchdowns. Well, they're just going to keep doing that. Well, you, you know, no, they're not. But that's the recency bias. And, you know, then the, the number keeps going up and up and up. And then the value becomes on taking the plus 14 and a half points. Exactly. It's, no, it's no different in golf. You know, I, I got a little bit of money invested in John Rahm this week. Well, John Rahm did not do well last week. But John Rahm shot a 64 on Sunday last week. So he decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to wake up and I got this, you know. I, and But because he did not finish T10, T20, and wasn't on TV all weekend, there's a lot of value on him. I mean, you could get Rom at 20 to 1. Yep. And I talked about it last night on my podcast. Uh, I had Justin uh, with DFI and I spoke with him about, I brought up the fact with him because he hadn't mentioned it either. And I said to him, well, what about John Rom? You know, he's one of these guys who has all the talent in the world. He's always been a top player and, and he's just, no one's really been talking about him the last few weeks. And I feel like this could be the right opportunity to target a, t a guy like John Rom. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, it's almost like, you know, let's look at basketball or football. You know, there, there's tiers of guys, you know, there's your, your 10 or 12 elite golfers that everybody's heard of that you're going to pay a premium to bet on. And then there's those, you know, every week, those sort of 25 to 30 to one guys, you know, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland type guy. Uh, and then there's those other guys that, you know, dude, these guys are professional golfers. They're capable of shooting a 62 any day of the week. And that type of bet, this is like going through the card. It's like, okay, well, we can, we can eliminate Morikawa because we, you know, not only did he win last week, he played 75 stressful holes to do it. That's just, you know, and, and, and JT apparently suffered from that too. I, I saw him minus two. I don't know where he finished uh, plus two. I don't know where he finished up. Um, but then you've got your, your middle of the road guys, like your middle of the road teams where you have to do a little more work. You have to look at recent form and, and how they formed on this type of course. And then you have your other guys where, you know, he's won before. Why is he 175 to one? And, and this week I, I took Harris English. I know he finished uh, minus two, I believe, maybe minus three. But, I mean, minus two is still only two, two or three shots he off. He finished minus two, two under. Yeah, and, uh, and, 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 you know, at 175 to one, and I was able to get him at plus 275 T30. Wow. I mean, but that was strictly numbers. Going back, okay, look, dude, the guy, since they've had the restart, you know, he's, he's played every other tournament. He's getting into a little bit of a groove. I can see a pattern. I can see a rhythm. He hasn't had any really disastrous rounds. I mean, maybe he had one or two that were one or two over par. So, I mean, what's wrong with this picture at 175 to one or plus 275 just to make the top 30? So, you know, I mean, we're looking good today. There's 54 holes of golf left to play. But the more I do it, the more I realize golf is no different than any other sport, really. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I have always said, and, and this would be my one 
sort of over the top statement. I've always said, because I actually did horse racing for somebody for one time, and, and I picked a winner in a race. But I've always said, if you give me enough time, I can handicap anything. And, uh, and I and I feel the same way, and that's why you know I've been all in on Korean baseball and and uh, you know golf now. I you know right. obviously I like golf, and I've always kind of followed here and there, but wasn't my wasn't like me handicapping basketball or football or college football, or college basketball. So it's it's given me enough time, and and I do have the time kind of to kind of work through learning these new sports. And I agree. I think it goes back to the age old saying, right? You can do anything you put your mind to. That's, I believe in that 100%. So, I mean, speaking of 175 to one shot, I also have 175 to one shot that shot 200 a day in Max Homa. So, good for you. Good for you. That's fun. At least I got a little bit of a sweat there, but not yeah. to rub, not to rub some salt in the wound for you, Dave. But uh, Finau finished six under today. Yeah, I'm, I'm keenly aware. And it is, <laughs> it, you know, it's not salt. It's funny that. Um, and I had a conversation with one of my clients that was, geez, I wish we, I wish we did this, wish we did that. And and I went back and looked at my notes that I actually hand write sometimes, um, and. I had two guys up there that I, I, I meant to go back and dig deeper on and meant to probably add something on, whether it was top 10, top 20. And then, of course, Finau was one of them. Um, however, I, I'm not going to totally let the salt hurt yet because last week I had Adam Hadwin plus 5,500 to win the first round. And Adam Hadwin had an early tea time, led all day, and, of course, none of the afternoon guys, when the wind came up, were doing very well, except for Colin Marikawa. Yep. And, and I had Colin Marikawa 35 to win. I was just a little annoyed that he didn't wait till Friday to do a little bit better. So <laughs> that, that, that stung a whole lot more than not playing Tony. But, you know, it gets back down to, I'll relate it again, Ira, to everything. Like, how many games, and I'll ask you this question, how many games on a, a college basketball slate with 100 games? You know, you may not handicap them all because we just don't have time. But you've looked at all of them. At least Absolutely. Look, at I've least, looked, exactly. I've and, looked at and, all of them, and I, and I look at, like, the top ten that's really, that really stick out to me. Like, oh, that looks like an interesting right. line. Why? And how many times on a Saturday afternoon have you said, damn it, I knew App State yep. was going to beat Clemson outright. And I no, could not only had, that, and I, I have a picture of it. On my, no, I have a picture on my phone circled, and I sent it to yeah, my friend. Yeah. I'm like, how did I not bet this game? Yeah, I literally I, have it circled. Well, that's the kind of the same way I feel about Tony Finau. And, you know, that happens all the time. So I've, I've kind of got immune to it. Maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. I, I won't say I'm immune to it. Maybe I'm more immune to it. But, it, you know, to me, it's kind of funny. Like, people, people say, well, why don't you get upset? Because shit happens. And if you look at you know, how many times you lose uh, a basketball game, college basketball game on a meaningless three that affects nothing but your point spread in the last second of the game or a meaningless foul uh, where you're a 50% free throw shooter that you need him to miss at least one, nothing but net two times and you lose the bet. It's amazing you remember, how that goes. Yeah, exactly. But it also goes the other way. Oh, you yeah. I, oh, you, know, yeah. You, you also get that two out, two strike in the bottom of the ninth wild pitch where two guys score from third and second and you win and you go, oh, well, I knew that. Well, no, you didn't. Yeah. It, it, no, really but we just, only, we only want to remember the painful times. Uh, I don't, I try not to remember any of them for more than about an hour, but you know, 
we do lose a lot of bets that way that we might want we might remember in our left side of our brain but the right side of the brain we can't let that get us out of moving forward with the same handicapping mindset because we do get wins out of losses and and, and a lot i mean you know how many times have you had the uh, the underdog in a football game getting getting four points down by eight with less than two minutes where the other team's basically going to let him score just to run the clock out. I mean, you yeah, see it, they backdoor you know, it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you could see it coming, uh, except when you have the favorite. I get it. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, there's just as many good things that happen as bad things to happen in, in this randomness of things that we really can't predict. You know, we try to, we try to get, you know, as much as we can that's not random, but there's always randomness. Right? If there's a referee, there's randomness. Yes, the referees can definitely tilt you a little bit. But um, I wanted to ask you a question about golf here, um, especially, you know, specifically about the Memorial Tournament since we are on that topic. Um, and I don't know if you've looked into it or not. Uh, I don't know if you've had the time today. I know you've been following the action and kind of where people are on the leaderboard. But if you had to make a live bet right now on any player to win outright, maybe a dark horse who has a little bit of value at 25, 30, 40 to one, would you have any pick? Well, I can tell you right now, and, and, and I'll look at the leaderboard as we speak, and I'll tell you, I, mean, I already have money on Cantlay to win, so that's not really a dark horse. Um, you know, especially in these big tournaments, uh, big, you know, it's not a major, but kind of is, especially now. How many times you know like i look at that tournament and you know i don't necessarily worry about uh lucas glover or brandon Steele right now um because the cream rises to the top i mean every sunday afternoon so i would look down that list at somebody that's you know even or minus one you know i don't think tiger can do it but you know you got a guy like paul casey you got a guy like patrick reed you know sergio is even money and he was actually minus two minus three at one point you know, those, that's the area that I would be looking at. Neiman, Neiman's plus one, and that's a, a very deceiving plus one because his ball striking was great. He missed, I think in the first five holes, he missed uh, six 15-foot birdie putts, uh, 15 foot or less. So, you know, I, I think if you're going to go ahead and do that, and I will do that tonight, um, and I haven't done it prior to us doing this podcast, but it, it almost gets back to it's just like a handicap in a football game. You know, there's things the box score doesn't tell you. And, you know, if you go back and you look at Neiman's stats today, you'll see where, you know, he played better than minus one. Uh, and conversely, you'll see these guys that might be uh, – a plus one Neiman is, I'm sorry. You'll see these guys that might be minus two, minus three, and you'll see, well, hell, he eagled the hole way back when. And he, he chipped in uh, uh, twice – you know, things that you know cannot continue. Right, they'll regress. Exactly. I, I, you know, I just have so much love for this guy, and I really love his game. I decided to throw, I decided to throw a little bit of money on Victor Hovland. He ended the day plus one, I believe, 60 to one to win it. Uh, I just think that he has this, the right skill sets to make that comeback and make a move on Saturday, make a move hopefully tomorrow as well. So, I mean, I really like how he's been playing. His form's been really good lately since the restart. And I just thought, I, I like the value, 60 to 1. I mean, he's, he's only, a, you know, not too far back. He's not plus 3 uh, like some other guys that uh, we won't name or plus 4. <laughs> but uh, I, I decided to throw a little bit 
just just for fun because I would be upset if he really did make a move. But I really like Hovland. I don't know if you have any thoughts about him in general, but I, I really love his game. Yeah, I like his game a lot. And um, he's one of those guys that was sort of just outside of the the uh, the the window of somebody I was going to put money on from the start of the tournament. You know, I had him last week. I had him top 10 last week. And, uh, you know, he's got one of those games where, you know, when he gets hot, he gets white hot. Yeah, he, 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 and, goes, he can be seven under through the first 12 holes tomorrow. Yeah, and, and, you know, I love the fact that he's only 22. I love you know, it. Because, you know, what? You know, I look at that as he doesn't know what he doesn't know yet, you know. And, and he has that attitude to where, you know, pressure. What, he, he does not look like the deer in the headlights. No. That, some, that somebody else that's had a little bit of success and, and a lot of uh, TV airtime, if you will, would have. I mean, he seems to be taking it all in stride. So yeah, I yeah, totally. He seems yeah, like he's got ice in his veins, and that's exactly, why I like him a lot. Exactly, exactly. So I decided to throw a little pizza money. Don't, listen, you don't have to follow my advice. None of the listeners out there don't listen to me about this bet. But all I'm saying is, I in my heart believe in Hovland's game. So I would just be upset if I didn't put my money where my mouth was. You know, in my own mind. So I just put a little, little, little tiny sliver just to have a little bit of fun with. I don't think that's a bad bet at all. And I think it's a bet for all the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, I'm not just betting it. Oh, you know, it's a random name. Oh, yeah, I like, I like Victor Hovland, you know? Yeah. yeah or like yeah. Webb Simpson and, you know, plus 400, you know, plus whatever he is for 47 to one. And he's just played like crap today. He did, but you know, how do you think the people that took Justin Thomas at, you know, I think I saw him as low as nine to one. And uh, they saw what he did last week. And, well, you know, he's got this course down. And, you know, now he's uh, – I believe he's 33, uh, 33 to 1 right now. Yeah. So. But that's a lot – a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of the general public didn't realize that the, the greens were going to be a lot faster this right. week. Okay? Right. They were. Um, weather, I think, was going to be a little worse today, potentially yeah. tomorrow. Obviously, that's why I, I kind of uh, – I put a little bit of money on Shane Lowry as well just because mm -hmm. when – the wind and other factors and weather come into play. I really, I really think that he rises to the top and on those kind of occasions. Um, so it's just, you gotta, you gotta just really understand what's going on. You can't just be like, Oh, they're playing a mirror field again. I'm just going to take the same right. guys, you know? Well, and, 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 and to your point, Ira, you know, uh, obviously we, you know, we look at other things beyond uh, the obvious um, statistics that almost anybody can find. Um, and, you know, for that reason, I don't know why you did it, but that reason I didn't take Justin Thomas for the same reason I didn't take Morikawa. That was a stressful 75 holes. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if you don't have to travel. Uh, so you know, I didn't take guys like say Bubba Watson because the threat of that weather is there. And if you pay attention to golf, you know Bubba doesn't like the wet. Nope. And so, so most of my guys that I put more faith in than others this week were guys that had a lot of shots gained on the approach to the green and were good putters because let's face it, you know, and I was talking to a, a, a PGA tour friend of mine the other day. He said, you know, I can put the ball in the fairway 70% of the time. I'm a dinosaur because he can only hit it 290. <laughs> so, so he's at a disadvantage because he might have to take and, and, and swing a club at 120 miles an hour to put some spin on the ball. Whereas other guys are just, pitching the ball right. so you know shots gain tee to green and putting 
because you know I don't I know they're a lot faster, but if you can putt on one, you can putt on the other. So yeah. the guys that I had my my interest in today were guys uh, aside from guys I already sort of had circled a week ago, guys that you know I did strictly go by stats and they they didn't necessarily stick out last week so they had value. You know the whole shots gained, tee to green, and putting. You know you can't ask for more than that, and you know that's that's where we're at. All right, well, we'll move off golf for a second. Let's talk about something interesting to me, and uh, maybe you're interested in it as well. I think that before we came on the podcast, I did hear you kind of agree with my thought process here on this uh, particular series in the upcoming restart of the NHL season and the NHL playoffs. I'm a big believer in a New York Rangers upset over the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and I know. saw you, I saw you had posted that online and I was like, man, we're going to have a fun time chopping it up today on the podcast. Cause it seems like we, uh, we really have the same, we're, we're, we're kind of thinking on the same la- wavelength here. Uh, you know, I think that for all the reasons you said, so I'll just let the, I'll let you take it and I'll let you explain t- why you like this side. Well, I mean, first of all, I said that a while back, so you know, how far did you have to dig on me? Oh, I, I did. I did. I got to do some research. I, I, I got to do I, some yeah, research. Yeah, that was, a, that was a while ago. Was about a month ago, I want to say. Uh, yeah, that was a while ago. I mean, you know, we're kind of in an unusual time right now. I mean, I don't have to, you know, that's a, it's absolutely no secret to anybody. Uh, so, you know, especially when you've got teams that had played a bunch of games like the NBA and the NHL, and then they stopped for three months and now they got to get going again. I mean, it's not going to be picked up where it left off. So we know that. Well, what else do we know? We know that some teams don't really want to play and some teams do really want to play. And I saw that thing. There were two teams. I believe one was the Tampa Bay lightning and the other one was the Carolina Panthers, Carolina hurricanes that said, uh, we don't want to play. We don't want to play in stuff. And they were the only two that voted against it. And I said, well, that tells me two things. They don't want to play. Why would I bet on them? Right. And that also tells me another thing. Teams are going to play against them. Oh, you don't want to play, huh? Wow, that's interesting. Then I said, well, let me look at who they play. Well, they play the Rangers. They were, I think the Panthers were minus – 160 or 170 at the time and well let me look at that let's see total points this year carolina 81 new york rangers 79 why are the panthers such big favorites huh let me look a little further well they played twice this year already well hell the rangers won both games why is carolina even favored so i mean you know there is no home field advantage they're playing in toronto or edmonton yep there's nothing. So nothing. Nothing. I mean, now I know the Rangers um, have a young goalie, and, and, and if they're suspect, it's on defense. But, you know, I mean, if you had everything, they'd be favored. No, so. and, that's, and that's, that's the one point I disagree with you. I, th- I love their goaltending situation in New York. I love their goaltending. And I was on the Rangers a lot right before the season got uh, postponed. They were in good form. Also, you go back to you go back to before Corona situation happened. 
I had started taking the Rangers and winning a lot of a lot of my bets on the Rangers at, at big plus money, you know, plus 145, plus 160, and then it started to come down. But, you know, you just watch this Rangers team. I mean, yes, Carolina is good. I'm not going to take anything away from them. But for all the reasons you pointed out, and in addition, I like the eye test. A lot of my betting, yeah, a lot of my betting comes down to: Am I getting a good number? And do I? Am I? And is my eye telling me the same thing as my brain's telling me? And then I can really decide if I want to, you know, pound that number. And with the Rangers, um, I know um, the sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Rangers goalie got into a car accident. So I'm assuming he's going to be healthy and back, but he was a phenomenal, phenomenal goalie in his, I believe it's his rookie season, but he's no rookie by any means. He was playing professionally overseas for quite some time. And, you know, his backup is not worse at all. So I think that they really have an advantage here. And I really, really like this Ranger side. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. And uh, the other thing, and this is true of uh, baseball, 60 games or, or basketball's little eight-game thing and then the playoffs, um, it's motivation. And, you know, if you look at a team like Carolina, well, they've been reasonably good for a while, and they don't want to play. But you look at a team like the Rangers, they haven't won anything ever. Well, maybe not ever, but. It's been, a, it's been a while. Certainly in your lifetime. It's been a while. Um, you know, they've been humiliated by the Islanders and Billy Smith for a decade. Um, and, you know, they could look at this as, you know, all we have to do is X to win the Stanley Cup or, or win the Eastern Conference. Whereas if they had to play another 82-game season, they probably have no hope. You know, it's almost like a total shot in the arm. Like it's, because, it's almost like the they, NCAA tournament. Exactly. Cause then they look at it now and they're going, you know, we're probably going to suck next year. Probably stuck last year. This is our chance. You know, it's kind of like Butler. You're right. In the NCAA tournament, when, when Brad Stevens was there before anybody really knew who they were, you know, that's how that, that all started is we just want it more than you do. And I, I yep. could see the, I could see the Rangers dropping in that slot here. Uh, and, and that's why I, I tweeted out what I tweeted out. I'm glad you agree with me because I did take a little bit of flack for that. But. I, you know what? And I'm sure I'll take a lot of flack for it too. Once I actually decide to tell everybody about it on my social media. But um, I just, it's kind of reminds me a little bit about the situation when the Kings won their first Stanley cup as an eight seed. I'm a huge, huge hockey fan, lifelong LA Kings fan, but now I really just root for whoever have money on. So it just reminds me of that kind of time. Nobody really understood how good the Kings were. Nobody really understood that Jonathan Quick was really good. And, and here you had all this time to heal. You had all this time to rest. And now the Rangers are going to come in with two or three goalies 
that could all of them, all of them potentially could get hot. You're not just talking about the Kings where they had one goalie, he got hot and they won the Stanley cup alongside. They had, you know, I believe it was Carter and Kopitar and Brown and they had, they had their pieces, but the Rangers goaltending situation is something that I'm really looking, looking at here in this matchup. And it's like, if one or both or three can get really hot, the Rangers could make that run. They could say it could be like, um, I don't know if you've ever saw that movie major league, major league or major league baseball with Charlie Sheen. Uh-huh. And it's like, we just, we just need to win X amount of games. You know what I mean? They keep count and they're, they're, t- right, you know, checking right. it off the calendar. All they got to do is win X amount of games. We can lose some on the way, but we only need to win what four series to win the Stanley cup, right. something like that. We only need to win like 11 games. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why not us? This is the perfect time. Why not well, I, us? We're I, all I, healthy. I always go back to the. This will date me too, or maybe I'll go all the way back. But you know, when the when Ken Dryden came into the league, and for the Canadians, and and his, I think he came in like halfway through the season. And he was somewhat marginal. Then they played the Bruins in the in the in a playoff series, and and then the Bruins outshot the Canadians. That was the one year they actually did have a better team. They outshot the Canadians like five to one. And, and in, in every game. And Dryden was just, you know, he got hot. I mean, there was yep. just, you just could not get the puck past him. And, and you know, that's all you need is one guy, one goalie to just all of a sudden wake up and say, hey, you know, I got this. And, and I think, and I don't know how to pronounce their name. So, you know, I'm sorry in advance if anyone takes offense to it, but I think that Shashurkin and Grigorov can really get hot. I really do. And it's not like they haven't been around the block, maybe not in the NHL, but they've been around the block. And it kind of reminds me a little bit about in more recent form, Columbus Blue Jackets, when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Tampa Bay just thought they were going to roll through. They're the best team in the, in the, in the league. They're going to get to the Stanley cup and then they'll start taking it seriously. Well, but Brofsky got hot. Yeah. You know, and and it kind of reminds me of that a little bit too. Well, and and uh, I know what's the, what's the latest news on on Casey Price uh, from Montreal? I heard he was thinking about not playing, gonna play. I guess I figure I got two weeks to figure this out again. Which is yeah, I got a, got a couple yeah, weeks. But you know, there's a guy that you know the Canadians could be a team that nobody wants to play. That guy, that guy can, that guy can carry them all the way to the, to the, to the Eastern Conference Championship. Exactly. Uh, people don't know. realize that. That's how good uh, Price is, and that's how good the Canadians are. Low key, like they're right. they're a pretty good team. Nobody wants to play them, and you know exactly. who's another team that nobody wants to play? And I'll say it right now: nobody wants to play the Chicago Blackhawks. Exactly. Nobody <laughs> wants to play them. Exactly. So those are the kind of the three I, – I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or I posted it somewhere, but those are the three teams that I was kind of like saying that like – or maybe it was just a conversation I had with one of my betting friends. I was like, those three teams, like I don't think any team really wants to play them, mm-hmm. especially the Blackhawks. Like think about it. They have so much experience on their roster. You know, they've been there. They've done it. They're just like, whatever, dude. And they've had two months to like heal their old bodies. Like it, it could be Blackhawks season two. Yeah, they remind me of a team. They remind me of uh, the Celtics in their glory years when um, the regular season meant absolutely nothing. And, and they could go, you know, 45 and 37. And, oh, the Celtics are done. 
No, the Celtics just kind of rested and lollygagged. They don't give a shit about home field advantage, a home court advantage, and and uh, you know then they go hop and, and and rattle off like twelve straight wins and win the NBA title again. I mean, right. it, it, you know, and the Blackhawks remind me of that. I mean, you know, knowing how to win is as important as winning, which I I sort of use that a lot when we get into like the NFL playoffs. You know, teams that have been there before or have quarterbacks that have been there before have a huge advantage versus the younger guy that's in his first playoff game, especially if it's on the road. Um, I will, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many similarities across all these sports if you want to, and you don't have to look too hard to find them. Yeah. And that's what makes sports betting so interesting. Like you could have such conviction in your play and your reasoning, but then it could obviously, you could just, you know, get, you know, you could just look like a total idiot, but mm-hmm. Hey, at least we sound like we know what we're talking yeah, about yeah, at yeah, the time. T- you know, you just totally. have to come up with a convincing argument for yourself and whoever else you're talking to, you know? Well, you know, and, and you know, this if you share in your work with other people, you know, you're only as good as asked yesterday. Absolutely. Next I mean, man up. You know, it goes back to the, to the, to the, to the, to the parlay thing. I know we hit a couple, well, we should keep doing this or, or, you know, my, my biggest pet peeve is, you know, we all go on hot streaks. We all go on our little 17 and three runs and it's, it's fairly public. And, you know, because social media has such a turnover to it, or you have new followers, you're all, you, you know, people are going, wow, this guy's really good. 17 and three, 85%. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to buy his package. Well, you and I know, and probably most of the listeners know, because, you know, I like to think that most of the betters are pretty damn smart anymore. Um, there's this thing called regression. And, yep. you know, if, if it was that easy to win 52.3%, we'd all do it. Yeah, uh, no, no, no problem. You know, and you and I both know 55, 56% over the course of 12 months and, and 2,000 bets. That's, that's good. I mean, it's astronomical. But these people will see 17 and 3, and they'll go, Oh, I better buy his package or I better get on his stuff. Well, of course, then within two days when you're one in five, they're pissed. And, you know, I really wish if I could ever convey anything to these people, you know, stick to the plan, you know, stick to the plan. Absolutely. Uh, And and, and I want to share another one with you. You're going to love this one. Let's hear it. I'm sure some of your audience will. I hope he's not listening, Uh, but I don't really care if he is. Um, I have a guy that does not like to bet unders, right? There's a lot of people that don't, but- I've been a sicko with the unders in soccer lately. I, you know, I, I did really <laughs> well. I did was doing super well with them in the NBA before they decided to stop playing. And uh, I was on a really good hot streak. I, I won nine of 10 unders. I just, I, you know, I was seeing things right. I said, that ain't gonna happen. That, bang, you know, I would think it, I would research it, I would look at it, and I would say, you know, that's worth a max you know, a max bet, a limit bet, whatever you want to, whatever you got. And we won nine out of 10 of them. And he texted me and he said, we got to get going. I'm, I'm, I'm losing money here. And I, you know, very carefully said, well, how are you losing money? I mean, yeah, some of our other bets have lost, but you know, we're still like 65% the last right. two weeks. Uh, well, I, you know, I said, we just won nine out of 10 unders like in 10 days, not over, a long period of time. Well, I don't bet those because I don't like unders. <laughs> really? What are we doing here? Why are we talking yeah, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I had to have the talk with them. You know, I mean, people want to bet overs because you know they wanted to. They want the, They want to cash the ticket at halftime. Right. In every sport. Yeah. Okay. I said, look at it this way. Look at it this way. If you take an over 
you may never be winning that bet. I mean, obviously, once you're winning, you can't lose because it goes over. But it may stay under, and you will have never, for 60 minutes of a football game... Never had a chance. No, you didn't win. I said, at least if you're betting it under, you're winning for at least the beginning of the game. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're good until at least halftime, you'd think. Or, you know, pick a sport. If it's the NHL, it's, you know, you're good for probably at least a period and a half. You know, right. You're, you're winning. I mean, right. which, which is worse? Sitting there halfway through the game knowing that you're screwed because it's going to go over or getting really pissed because either the goalie's making these great saves or teams are settling for field goals or turnovers in the red zone or three just point bad, or just three, bad three, coaching three point bricks from, you know, from good shooters in the NBA. I mean, you know, and, and the whole time you're praying for this guy, we need triple overtime. You know, I know. Listen, I think, I'm a I'm a big under guy. Uh, I am too. Always am have too. been. I love unders in hockey, especially and soccer. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely be. I like uh, and I also like the derivatives market too. I, I take a look at the first periods. I look at first half, first quarters, and things like that. I try to find a little bit of value in those rather than taking a full game under because anything can happen. I, I like to you know obviously if I like a full game under. I'm going to go ahead and dive deeper into a first half under or a first period under or first quarter under. Maybe this team was on a, on a second leg of a back-to-back, and I'm going to look and eye a first quarter under. They're going to, you know, come out a little flat or, you know, things like that. Yeah, I, I, I do some of that, and I get people that ask me why I don't do more, and the simple answer is I don't have time. Right. You know, and, and my brain doesn't work that way. Now, it doesn't mean I never do them. But I have you look for them. I have to stumble on them, right? You know, for, for example, one one that uh, I played in the NBA quite a bit this year, you know, was the Celtics in the third quarter, almost irregardless of what the score was, what the point spread was, where they were playing, because Brad Stevens was just so good at making halftime adjustments. And if you look back at the Celtics' uh, third quarter one loss, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Wow. But that but that was not something that I went and looked for. And, you know, another thing that, you know, you probably do a lot of, I do a fair bit of, it's hard to convey it uh, to my customers and your listeners without just tweeting it out and open is in-game stuff, you know? Oh, in-game is like 90% of the thing I do. Yeah. And, and, and in order to uh, convey that uh, you got to tweet it out and somebody has got to find it. And sometimes it's not there for very long. Yep. Uh, you know, you got to be more than mobile, I guess is what I'm saying. And in my right. situation, and my situation is really no different. You know, so when I do see those, all I can do is tweet them out and, and hope that, you know, a few people benefit from it. Hopefully. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I mean, I did it on the podcast, like I would talk about NBA, you know, it's, it's in my opinion, NBA is so difficult to bet pre-flop and, and I'll give out picks and, and I'll, you know, on the air and, I'll tell people I really like these games and this is the reasons why and things like that. But then I'll, I'll look at games and I'll be like, well, like the bulls are plus 10 here, 10 and a half. But if they go down like 15 in the first quarter and you can grab them like plus 19 and a half, like right. that's a good opportunity. And like, just make sure you're following me on Twitter. Cause I will tweet it out. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of those situations that you can kind of look for in advance. I have a, you know, there's a few of those in college basketball where, you know, you'll see, uh, an absolute ton of, of, of real steam, real money come in on a, on a full game over. And it'll move four to five points. 
and it's late in the batting cycle. So, you know, that takes a lot more money to move the line. Um, I know you know that. Um, yep. Some people might not if you're kind of kind of looking at, uh, I know, Don Vesperino or whatever. Um, you know, when things start moving early on, well, it only takes us a couple thousand dollar bets to make that happen when it moves, you know, 20 when minutes. When it moves before, late, it's usually sharp action. 20 minutes before tip-off with that much money in the, the power mutual pool, if you will, um, uh, it's going to take a lot more money to m- make that line move. So, okay, we've just seen a total in college basketball go from, from 135 to 140. Well, I'm not betting 140. Just psychologically, you know, I'm not taking a number when I could have had 135. May end up 160, but I'm not going there. But so that's a 70 per half. Second half's always a little more higher scoring. But if that first half ends in like at like 58, you know, and the second half over, it's still like 82. And you look at that and go, well, how can they score 55 and then 82? Well, don't forget, somebody thinks that game's going over 140. Somebody and, and, really smart. And, and a lot of somebodies that have a lot of money that know what they're doing. Because they didn't just take 135. They took 136, 137, 138, yep. 139. Yep. They stopped at 140. Yep. So, you know, if you look at that 55 and 82. Well, that's I always look for that, those opportunities yeah, that's, when that's I one, see that. That's 137. And the game is fairly close. So we have possibility for free throws late, overtime, yada, yada, yada. The pace didn't suck. They just missed shots. That's going to regress. And inevitably, you win those bets. Like, I mean, you know, they, they may end up 150. Um, and, I, definitely, and the, I definitely look for that opportunity for sure. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. And, and, and those are things that I will see as the game develops, but I can't um, look for those all day in my work. I mean, I just, you know, as you said, and as I've said, there's, there's only so many hours a day. And if you don't try to specialize in, in a few things, um, you can suck at a lot of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know you said you were going to give the listeners an MLB pick, but before we get there, what are your thoughts on baseball coming back? Are you excited? Is it a sport that you like to follow and handicap? And, and are you just excited to get uh, major, major sports going again here? Well, I'm excited to get major sports going again. And, and uh, it's going to be interesting because you have to have a lot going on all at once, assuming that they don't, uh, have to start and then stop again. Um, but what I think is fascinating and fun for me, because, you know, guys that bet tend to be problem solvers and we have more problems to solve because there's a lot more variables now than there would have been in a, in a, in a non COVID era, if you will. Um, you know, there's, there's always the intangibles that we talk about, but now there's even more intangibles. Um, you know, for example, um, I, I'm sure you saw this already. You're on top of stuff all day, every day. Um, MLB is not, uh, books aren't listing pitchers. Nope. So, and there's, I only see two game lines up. Yeah, I see a bunch, but you know, they're probably low limit right now. And I don't even see a bunch of starters listed, but they're not listed lines. And we know for, for the listeners, what that means is if you took the Yankees and Garrett Cole minus 300 over whoever, uh, and good Derek Cole is scratched. And now Jordan Montgomery, their fifth starter is going to go, uh, and, and, that line, say, would have been minus 140 with Montgomery pitching. You have that bet at minus 300. There's no canceling it. You don't have to rebet it. It's tough. That's what you've got. Now, that can work the other way. If you had taken, uh, say, Baltimore uh, at, at plus 260 at that point, down Montgomery's not playing. The true line there might be, you know, plus 130. Now, you still got plus 260. So, I mean, to me, 
uh, with baseball especially, that's going to be something I'm going to have to be really aware of and really patient with uh, because you don't know who's going to be starting any game, really. I mean, every manager is going to do things differently. You know, then you also have got the Tampa Bay Rays. You never know what Cash is going to do. You know, okay, Ryan Yarbrough is going to start. Is he going one inning, one batter, four innings? What? <laughs> never you know? know. What? So, and, and I think all these teams are going to be different because it's going to be a lot of those teams that fall into sort of that New York Rangers category. You know, Arizona Diamondbacks maybe um, would be one that, you know, they're, they're better than they were. And they were God, I, I can't agree with you more on that one. And they're, they're, you know, and, and, and I bet them three to one to make the playoffs. That's, a, that's another free one. I don't, I don't need to elaborate. But, you know, there's a team that in a 162-game in a season, they probably might not make the playoffs. Might not. And in a 60-game season, you know, there's a team looking at it like, well, who are the Dodgers, man? I mean, we can beat the Dodgers. And uh, honestly, they could be looking at it as, you know, in a 60-game season, we could win the World Series. You know, all we got to do is win 37 out of 60 games. And you know, we, don't have to, we don't have to play 650 ball. We have a chance to do that. Whereas in a 162-game season, I don't think they probably do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's – it's just another thing of, of I'm going to really tread lightly with baseball for that very reason. And now you also have 11 umpires that opted out of because of, of COVID. So you're going to have 11 new umpires. And, you know, people go, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's a problem. Well, no, maybe it's not because – what the umpires are probably going to do is they're not going to do, say, uh, Boston and Detroit, three-game series in Boston, and then they're going to fly to Washington to do the Nationals and the Braves. No, what they're probably going to do, and I haven't had this confirmed yet, is they're going to do, like, Boston's entire homestand. So you're going to get the home plate umpire probably with their starting pitcher at least twice. So you're going to have, like, you know – reverse recency bias like almost immediately so a lot of people are looking at that at the umpire thing oh my god i don't know this guy i don't know this guy what was he like in the minors uh has he ever done this is he gonna try to make a name for himself um you know look at it the other way around you're gonna have a lot more tangible um and recent data to use so you know it's not all drama i just think it's it goes back to your original question and i'll wrap it up there there's there's more problems to solve, but we like solving problems. And I think with those more problems, there's less things that are going to be built into the lines that probably should be, i.e. that's where you find your value. There's one other team I wanted to get your opinion on because I'm going back and forth and I can't make up my mind here, but uh, going back because it's only a 60 game season and anything can happen uh, three you know, superstars on the Yankees and three superstars on the Dodgers can all come down with Corona and, right. you know, they could be quarantined for three weeks. Who knows? Right. So it could pose a lot of opportunities for some teams. And I think uh, like looking at some longer shot odds here, there's one other team besides the Diamondbacks that really struck my eye here. And I kind of wanted to get your opinion only because I really like, and I, and, and honestly, I'm not sure off the top of my head, if any of them have opted out yet, in their batting rotation, but do you think a team like the Colorado Rockies could get hot? I mean, their, their offense is pretty, pretty significant, obviously, you know, worries with other parts of their, of their uh, team, 
but they're at 150 to one to win the world series. Now I'm not saying they win the world series. I'm just saying at 151, do you put a little bit of money on it? And if they make the playoffs, you can start hedging out of your position. Yeah, I think you probably do. And it, it's interesting that you brought that up because I, uh, I totally just had a, uh, a conversation slash podcast with somebody about the uh, NL West just last night. Um, you know, to me, I don't know. Uh, then this is another variable. You know, offseason with Arenado and the whole, uh, you know, play me or trade me, uh, or pay me or trade me type thing or whatever. You know, I don't know what effect that has today. I mean, you know, yeah, they absolutely have the, the course field advantage. I mean, you're talking about they got Dahl, Story, Blackman, right, Arnado. Right, I mean, they right. got guys that could, like, literally score 12 runs a game. Yeah, I get that. Um, but they also have a pitching staff, uh, or in uh, my case, or my opinion, Ira, probably don't have a pitching staff. You know, I agree. I mean, <laughs> Marquez, Gray, Kyle Freeland, Sensatella. Um, you know, Chichi Gonzalez, I remember when he thought he might be good when he came up with the Rangers. And, you know, I, I tried to bet on him, and shoot, they lost 12 to 2 every game he pitched. <laughs> now, 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 that was in, in Texas where the ball will fly out of there in August when it's hot, but, you know, the ball will fly out of Colorado. And, you know, Sensatella had his, his window there where he was kind of a better's darling. Freeland, same way. Gray obviously did. Uh, and Marquez is, you know, like super inconsistent. You know, I, I look at this team and they say, you know, the best part of their pitching staff is the back end with Brian Shaw and Wade Davis. But if those starters don't do well or those hitters don't score runs, then Brian Shaw and Wade Davis won't get very tired. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I you know, um, you know, th they're going to have another advantage, I, I think, then this is another thing that, you know, is something that we have to look at. You know, I don't know where that would fall on the how important is it, but it's not unimportant, and that's a DH. You know, that's probably going to put a guy like Daniel Murphy in the lineup every day at, at DH where, you know, clearly in, the, in a regular NL season, that's not going to happen. So that's a team that having a DH may benefit substantially. But, you know, but you're right. At 150 to 1 in a short season, you know, what's 100 bucks? Yeah, anything can happen. $100 just have a exactly. fun little time. You know, I mean, I don't see it only because, you know, the Dodgers, unfortunately, just have entirely too much talent. Um, you know, I do like the Dodgers win total under because it's, you know, Dodger inflated, if you will. Uh, but um, Yeah, but could there ever be a scenario where in the 58th game of the season with a week to go before the playoffs, Clayton Kershaw – you know, I know obviously I'm not wishing this upon anybody, but like they're studs, like three, four, five of their guys, and it just runs through the clubhouse and they all got to like quarantine for three weeks, two weeks, three weeks before they're allowed to play again. That could really take, you know, there's so many variables that go into this season and also with NBA restarting, like what happens if right before the playoffs, something happens with the Dodgers? Right. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, 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 you know, I've been saying that all along and I, you know, I got kind of roasted on Twitter because I did another podcast and, and I talked uh, with a couple of people about that very thing. And, you know, everybody was out running, trying to grab these really good lines in the NBA or what they perceived as good lines. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm just not going to do it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait because, you know, 
what if the doomsday scenario happens with a particular team? Or what if some guy that wasn't going to play all of a sudden decides he is? You know, and then these people would argue with me, well, you know, that's not the sharp way to do it. That's the square way to do it. You should take the best number, and if something happens, you know, you can always adjust later. Well, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to do that. And, and case in point, um, potentially today, you know, Zion Williamson had to leave the Pelicans I saw, for yep. per, a personal reason with his family. Um, and he also apparently was having leg cramps in practice before that. So we don't know how bad the leg cramps were. We don't know why he had leg cramps. We don't know what that personal thing with his family is. You know, they kind of throw it out there like, wow, he's going to deal with some stuff and he'll be right back. Who says? You know, that personal thing could be his mother is like super sick and in hospice for three weeks. Yeah, nobody knows. I mean, I I hope not for his sake. Right. But, you know, that would certainly change all those people's minds that went out and bought the Pelicans at pick or minus one when the line first came out. So, yeah, I mean, back, you know, back to your Dodgers point. Yeah, anything can happen. You know, they might have to travel to, uh, well, they won't now, will they? I was going to say they might have to travel to South Florida and play in, in, uh, in Dade County where, where their likelihood of being exposed is probably higher than it is in L.A. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and I'll tell you, in all seriousness, I, I worry about that. I mean, you know, teams that are in areas that are sort of COVID-free, I mean, nobody is, but you know what I mean, that all of a sudden have to go play the Marlins. You know, and of course they're going to be at a hotel that's been proven to have taken all the precautions and, you know, at, at the ballpark, they're going to have no fans. Well, Miami never does, but none. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, nothing different there. Exactly. But, but still, you know, you have bus drivers, you have hotel workers, you have ballpark workers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so the odds of somebody contracting COVID in Miami are higher than they are other places. So I'm wondering, like, if I'm on the Dodgers, well, the Dodgers won't have to go there. Say, if I'm on the Red Sox, who are going to have to go there, you know, and Boston, Massachusetts is really not having too many problems right now. And I, do I really get on, get on a plane and go to Miami? Do I really want to play baseball? What's my motivation to go? I want to just play my two games and get the hell out of there. Right. You know, is that a factor that's not built into the line? There's no way to quantify it. But you can't tell me there's some people on that team that go, holy crap. Yeah, and it, and it goes back to, like, my NBA future I've talked about on, on, on the air here on the podcast is that you know, what, happens, what happens if the Lakers or the Clippers in a very critical point in the pl- playoff restart, Kawhi gets sick or Paul George gets sick or LeBron or whatever, right? If you're going to take a dark horse to win the Western Conference or win the NBA championship, this is the year to do it. Yeah. So – I really like Portland. If I was going to have to pick a team that, that has such a long odds, it would probably be the Portland Trailblazers. We got Nurkic, Lillard, McCollum. You got a team there that has all the pieces that can really put it together. So, you know, there's just so many things that are up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. But if you ever were gonna, if it was ever a year to pick a dark horse, I think this is the year. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I don't disagree with that whole Portland thing for – you know, a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned, you know, obviously they've got to get the, the nine seed, the eight seed, they got to get that play-in game. And, you know, I think you'll know early because they play Memphis, I think, on, on their first game. And uh, that game, uh, I think if, if Memphis wins, they could put, I think, a five-game difference between them and Portland in the loss column. 
But if Portland wins that game, which I tend to think they will, uh, now there's only a four-game difference, and I think it's then three in the win column. So, you know, what's going to be interesting and is there 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 is a scenario where some teams will not play the same amount of games as others. So there are a couple of those tiebreakers, and my you know my my memory escapes me on which ones there are, but it's like totally going to come down to percentage points. So like a win over uh, a really bad team right now for one of those teams might not mean much, but it means a lot. And they know that for the teams that are only playing 59 games as opposed to 60 or in the NBA 80 as opposed to 81. So there's all these little things that you got to start thinking about where that might be a game you'd normally look at and say, well, yeah, but they got the Lakers next or they got the Bucks next. And that's a much more important game. Well, if you only have eight games, and they know they need to win by percentage points, they're all important. So yep. I, don't th- I don't think there's going to be that, you know, I guess the classic term is a look ahead. You know, I don't, I don't see too much of that. I agree. Well, Dave, we've covered a lot here today. I appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. Um, where can people find you? They can find you on Twitter at Dave Essler. Yeah, Dave underscore Essler. I'm on Twitter, and uh, I kind of live on Twitter most of my waking hours, so – and I'm not hard to find, and I do have an open GM. Now, mind you, I can close that GM real quick. But, uh, <laughs> you know, first, first, first one's on me, uh, and, and I'm pretty accessible. And you know, if anybody like truly is interested in you know, buying my final answers on some of these things, um, I'm not Ken Jennings. I'm not Holdhauser either. Uh, but I'm on pregame.com. You can find me there. But uh, most of all, I just like to help people. Like you know, I think my one of my my missions here is uh, always to try to, you know, save a few people from making some of the mistakes I did. Absolutely. You know, I think that's my, that, I think that that might be why I'm here too. You know, I, I'll tell you another quick story and, and you can edit it and cut it out if you want, but baseball season a couple of years ago, my favorite customer, and we, we won a little bit, but not a lot. And he said, uh, you know, I kind of told him, I said, yeah, I said, sorry, man, you can't retire on this. And uh, he said, no, you know what? I would have gladly paid you whatever it was for the season subscription. I would have gladly paid you for that six month education because I try to do write ups and reasonable things. And, 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 you know, that was cool. I mean, I actually like that, you know, it's like, do you get it, dude? You know, you don't need me anymore. I've just spent six months telling you how I bet baseball and you can see that it's not rock and science. There are patterns. There's things I always look at. There's things that are maybe not there, but you know, he was happy to have paid for six months of a marginal season just to learn um, what how you look and analyze at a game. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, I I get people who DM me all the time who listen to this show and I I respond right away as soon as I see it. Cause I just want to help people, right? Like whether that's win money, whether that's preventing them from losing more money, Exactly. uh, I'm here and I'm available. So shout out to all the listeners. If you ever want to DM me, I'm available too. Everyone knows where I'm at. I'm at Iris Silver Magic. We're at Hoopball Gaming. This has been a Hoopball presentation. That's hoop-ball.com. And once again, if you want to get that manscaped on, Go to manscaped.com, type in the promo code HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off and free shipping. Thank you, Dave, for joining us, and we'll have to have you on again very soon.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.